0: Welcome back, listeners, to the latest episode of Loss of Lieutenant. Uh, You're here this evening with Nick, and I'm joined again by... Kevin. Welcome back, Kevin. Now, um... (laughs) uh we' we'll, now for, for you out in the in the podcast world uh, it might have been a couple of weeks since you've heard from us but um just so that you guys know we're actually recording this episode the night after we recorded the previous episode uh, where we first started talking about the the BCB mission so the the plan for tonight is to continue that conversation and finish off on the final three missions uh in in that event but the um, the reason that we're uh, meeting again so soon is because actually myself, Kev and and Julian, um, who were probably the three most frequent people that you'll, yeah, you you get on the podcast, um, are actually all going away for two weeks all at the same time. Plus, plus we have all the cat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, we have the microphone. We have the microphone. So while we're away, it's kind of difficult to put something together. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we've we've all organised uh, separate holidays, uh, all at the same time. So don't get any funny ideas. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll be releasing this episode uh, sort of midway while we're away, and then we'll be back straight back into it once we get back. So um, it's like we never even left. That's right. So if
1: we ta- if we start talking about it on tonight's episode and be like, why aren't you talking about this thing that just got released? It's because we didn't know about it because it's in the past or you're in the future and it's not how it works unfortunately
0: yeah that's right it's um, Tommy Whammy Mm mhm Business, But um, yeah, so I guess there's not too much news for us to talk about because like, we, we covered most of it last night. I mean, a couple of things we didn't talk about last night was the uh, we've got a date for when uh, Season 11 is going to be landing. We do. Yeah, it's 2nd of September. Yep, so uh, that's going to be great. We'll get an update on all the missions and see see what's going on, see if we still have a Xenotech to deal with or, or not and, 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 and what's, <laughs> what's going on there. Uh, but then that's also coinciding with... The launch of the uh, the the worldwide online campaign, uh, which is in collaboration with On Tabletop, who is a rebranding of Beasts of War. So it's the same people who have all who have done it previously. Yep. They just rebranded because On Tabletop is more. Child friendly, I guess. In terms of it, it it uh, it, 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 it works better in a, when you're trying to uh, do some search engine optimization. Yeah, I'd the say. optics,
1: the optics work it better for for a name like on tabletop. Exactly, yeah. a piece yeah. of war.
0: Yeah, and um, there's some really cool pictures that have come out of what um, what the different locations are going to look like. Uh, it's going to be on the human edge, uh, which is a, a region of space, uh, which is I guess on the the edge of where the human sphere pe- people is, have guess. colonized. Yeah, mm. and um, so we will get a bit of fluff for that area, which is great. Um, uh, something that people often complain about with uh, Infinity is that it's not there's not that much fluff. But uh, having these types of events and campaigns means that the the players themselves can help build that yeah, fluff yeah. And, and and the story as it as it progresses. Cause um, I do actually think there is a lot of fluff in Infinity, but I think a lot of
1: it doesn't get mentioned all that often um, in game. So these narrative these online campaigns are a great way of expanding that universe and, and getting you like directly involved with it in the game like there's people out there who love the fluff but that doesn't necessarily translate to when you play a game um so having a having this kind of thing would be great
0: yeah definitely i totally agree um and i've gotten fairly heavily involved in the in the in the campaigns over the past 2 years oh yeah um and it i just have the best fun playing a game taking notes while you're playing it but then getting home and spending 20 minutes, half an hour, <laughs> writing up a, a, st- a narrative story around that game for the Battle Report.
1: Yeah, I don't know if everyone enjoys it quite as much as you do. I, uh, just, some, I just love it. Some people just look at it as homework and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just want to say I won or I lost. But no, I, I agree, Like I, I enjoy doing it too. I think I only maybe played one or two games in the last campaign. Um, I always tell myself I'll do more and then uh, you know it just kind of falls by the wayside. But um, hopefully, This'll, this new one will um, get me back into it.
0: Yeah, well, Kev, I'll try and drag you in. We should tee up a couple of games. As many yeah. as we can, I think, yeah. Yeah, we've I got a strong I, community right now. Yeah, so I played hopefully. about 10 games last year um, f- as part of the campaign, I think. Honestly, um, really? Okay. And that's it, great. We, yeah, and also, we had a few tournaments happen around that time, and mm. so before each round of the tournament i would just ask my opponent if they want if it was okay if we played yeah back that game we were playing yeah. if i included it as part of the as well yeah because you don't
1: have to include the narrative the the special missions that's the rules. Right. you can just play a game and yeah no that's actually a really good point i don't and maybe that doesn't get promoted enough mm. um when in, in the sort of competitive community because yeah okay you can still post it as an its but you can also then post it as a as a battle report and help your faction get ahead and yeah i i love that i love the coordination aspect of these online campaigns like you get a lot of people in the chats like talking about like let's hit this area and let's do this mission and that sort of thing so i think that yeah, makes cool.
0: it makes it a real lot of fun
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah
0: so everybody should uh, should jump on on board with that once that launches and maybe by the time we record our next episode we'll have a bit more information about it but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll wait uh wait and see But um, I guess we can jump straight into talking about the missions then that we're we're going to be covering today. So last time we talked about, uh, what did we talk about last time? We talked
1: about Transmission Matrix and Acquisition.
0: Okay, and the three missions we're talking about today? Today
1: are going to be Unmasking, uh, Quadrant Control, and Annihilation.
0: Cool. Well, let's start off with... The most complicated of those, mm-hmm. which is going to be unmasking. Unmasking. So unmasking was a new mission for was it the new this season or was it new last season?
1: It was, see, it was so it popped up last season um, as part of the backdoor crisis. Uh, That's right. Yeah, it sort of. Got, it, yeah, during during that period of time, I can't remember if it was must just either just before or just after um, some of the characters got put on the bench. Uh, this this um, uh, mission appeared as a sort of. Do a ITS mission just for the just for the narrative, just for the online campaign and it seemed to be really popular so they stuck it into season 10 and uh, yeah, I've loved it. I played it once I think during the online during the sort of online campaign and uh, really enjoyed it so I was glad to see it appear.
0: Is it, um, you've had this mission at previous tournaments that you've run, haven't you? I think my last
1: Eastern Uprising I had it. I think I had, I didn't realise I put all three missions, all three of my missions had a, Exclusion zones. So it was like that one frostbite, and the third one was uh, is it engineering deck. Yeah, whichever one I think one of those had, well, either that or armory has engineering deck. So it was like those three missions I did, and I was like, oh, cool, leave your infiltrators at home.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, for this event, for BCB, this yeah. is the only mission that's got an exclusion zone. That's correct. Yeah, but okay, so we'll we'll do the same format as what we did uh, last time. We'll first off go through what the actual main objectives are for. Uh, for this mission so you get points and this is how this is how you're going to get points uh first off to kill the enemy designated target but only if it has been previously revealed gives you three objective points if you kill it with your data tracker that's an extra two Mm -hmm. so that's five points half of half of your points come from killing the designated target with your data tracker uh to uh, the next line, we've got to kill more enemy target decoys, but only if they have been previously revealed, uh, for one point. Uh, then to have the same amount of activated <coughs> consoles as the adversar- adversary at the end of the game, uh, one objective point, but only if the player has at least one activated console. So if neither of you activated any consoles, it's not worth any points. Uh to have more activated consoles, sorry, to have more activated consoles than the uh, than your opponent at the end of the game is worth two objective points. Uh, to have your designated target not killed at the end of the game, one objective point. Have your data tracker not killed at the end of the game, one objective point. So while there's a big five up there for killing the designated target with your data tracker, the other five that you can get are kind of spread out. Yeah. Um, around the, uh, the, the points there. But uh, Kev, did you want to go into what the table looks like? And, and we're talking about designated targets, decoys, and, and activating and, and revealing, yeah. what does any of that mean?
1: Yeah, so the the table is the table's a basic 12-inch deployment zone uh, either side with three, uh, and, uh, what do you call them, consoles in the middle, uh, one, in the, um, one in the center and then two 12 inches either side of that. Um, But then, like you said, said, there's an exclusion zone as well, so 8 inches, extending 8 inches from the center line each way. Uh, So it's a 16-inch exclusion zone. Um, So that's what the table setup looks like. Then we've got the point of talking about uh, decoys and designated targets. So they replace your HVT for this mission, and each player gets three each. So what's
0: So instead of putting down one HVT, yeah. you effectively put down
1: three. You put down three, and then you secretly note which one of those three is the designated target. Write it down, whatever, take a picture of it when you put them down, whatever it is you do. Um, which is what makes this mission really unique in that the, the objectives are kind of, you place your objectives in a way. Like, okay, you've got the consoles you need to push, but the thing you need to kill, kind of like the designated target, is where, you know, where you think is going to be the hardest for your opponent to get to. Um, and of course having three of them means you have to get, you you as the opponent have to guess which one um, your opponent has made the designated target.
0: So yeah, you can so, play a lot of mind games. So what you're going to do is you'll run up, push one of the consoles. Yep. When you push that button, you get to pick one of the three HVTs. And then the one that you've just picked, your opponent will tell you if it's a decoy or... Or if it's the designated target. Yeah, that's
1: right. No, that's that's a good point. Yes, you. That's what those consoles are there for. They're not just to, you know, you get a point for having more than pushed. Uh, but really, the point of them is to reveal, unmask one of the HVTs, and then you know find out if it's a designated target or not. So, one of the things I like to note in this game is you literally can't score points unless you push those buttons. So if you don't have a specialist, good luck, mate. You can't. You literally can't get points.
0: So you're not you're not allowed to target the you're not allowed to target the civilians no at all until they've been uh discovered is it, is it revealed revealed yeah, the term. yeah yeah actually
1: yeah. <laughs> sorry, you can score one point by having your data tracker not killed at the end of the game so you can okay. score one point by not pushing any buttons by not you know but whereas in a lot of other missions there's other ways you can accomplish a mission um you know be it getting to a quadrant or holding an area or killing a designated target uh, you know or even, even even securing the HVT you can't even do that in this mission mm. you you know the only way to get sizable points um is to push those buttons
0: yeah it's definitely it's definitely <coughs> a mission that's got a, 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 a it's i guess a bit more of a leaning towards button pushing but there is still a healthy
1: oh yeah aspect. definitely a healthy killing aspect um uh the exclusion zone means that you can't just deploy it next you know deploy an infiltrator next to the button and just push it on the first turn you've got you got to push up you got to move that eight inches first to get there um so that's that makes it a little bit tough, uh, tougher. and then of course the way in which the consoles in, uh, uh, work um, also um, is important to discuss. So if I push if I push one of the consoles um, obviously I, I use it to reveal one of your HVTs, but I can't push that button again to reveal more HVTs. I have to go to the second button and then the third button yeah. to, to, to reveal all three. So if, you know if, if I get it wrong two times out of three, I'll know that the third one's definitely the designated target, but I still got to push that third button to reveal it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, um,
0: and because uh, because having more uh, more consoles activated is is worth two points as well. Yeah, even though like say if I activate a console, pick one of the three dudes and then you activate the same console you that's can then, right. you can then pick one of my three dudes yes i can then still reactivate that console yeah. for the points Yes. but i cuz i've already activated that console to pick one person i can't pick another person off the same console that's right yeah so you've got three consoles and if you want to reveal all three uh, of your opponents HVTs, you have to push the button on every single one of them
1: that's right yeah yeah so yeah it can the it can change ownership for that for those two points but you can't reset them I guess is a term to, to allow you to choose another H V T. So that, you know, can really bring into you know, affect the like the terrain and, and, and you know, what your opponent's got over these buttons. You know, sometimes there might only be one button that's 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 able, you know, easy to get to. The other two you're gonna to have to clear out the opponent before you can push them.
0: That's right. Um,
1: and like yeah, and in, and another missions, you know, even like something like supplies, you might go, well, I can't get to these two supplies, but I only need to get to this one supply. You can't do that in this mission unless you get lucky on the first hit. And um, you know, you, I guess you got a one in three chance. But as we can talk about, I guess mind games can kind of. Th- skew that one in three chance.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really interesting how you, and like you touched on before, In as the player, you're determining where these HPTs are, are, are put. Yeah. So the target that your opponent is trying to kill, you're the one who, who gets to put them down somewhere. <laughs> now, your opponent doesn't know which one's which. There's three buttons they have to push to reveal them. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to be able to have the manpower and the resources and the specialists to go and push all three buttons? Maybe not. So... You've got to really think about where it is you're going to put those those guys those HPTs. Yeah. yeah. Do you take the, the I guess that I guess one one way to look at it is there could be a, a spot on the table that is really sort of cornered off um your hvt is going to be getting cover from certain angles uh it's going to be really difficult for your opponent to get there do i make that one my designated target Mm. because the i mean the bonus for that is that it's from from a plus side if i make that my designated target then um it's it's in a really well defense really easily defendable position uh the negative is that it could be kind of obvious yeah that's right and that's where you can get into these shell games if there is a spot that is like that i put one there and don't make it the designated target yeah and then when my opponent pushes a button to reveal that one because he thinks that could be it uh and then it turns out it's not he's got to then go to the extra effort to go and push another button yeah so
1: and it's it, it, it uh, like makes up a really important part because like you say you got the old double bluff as well you know you'd be like uh, yeah. That you, you could be as a, a player going, well, that looks like that's probably the designated target because it's like Link teams over watching it. It's behind a wall. I can't see it. I going to get really close to see it. That's probably it. Oh, but it could also not be. He might be. He might think that it's the kind of like that scene from The Princess Bride. Have you seen the movie when they with, with, the, the, with, with the, the poison? Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "That's what you want me to think," and then he ends up drinking the poison chalice. So, like, that is the kind of thing that you do. And I've the times I've played it like my designated target has been the one hvt in the open really you know just be like are you gonna do it because even like i've had like i played rust or something like that and he was like oh he's like that one in the open looks like it's two in the open and it must be the designated target but the other one over there that's really well defended that god and he in the end he went for like the middle one and it was like neither of them and he was like damn um so it was kind of yeah do you have that back and forth so that's really fun and interesting. But uh, uh, as we didn't really mention, but maybe implied is that because they're HVTs, they still apply, they still have to go by the HVT rules for deployment. So they have to be four inches out of your deployment zone.
0: Yeah. So because there's an exclusion zone, yeah. they're all going to be inside the exclusion zone. They are,
1: yeah. They're, they're um, four well, not, inches. Actually,
0: not necessarily. You could deploy them right up near your enemy Oh yeah, zone yeah, that's right. Yeah, want.
1: that's a good point. Yeah, because so often you just put them on that 16-inch line, uh, which would be... Technically, just within the exclusion zone, but there's nothing stopping you from putting them on the halfway line or putting them, you know, in the deployment. in, in Right, over in, the right on the other side. If, it, if it's maybe an a, a advantageous position for them to go. Now, because they're HVTs, they have to be deployed on the ground level. They can't be deployed prone. They can't actually be deployed touching any scenery piece, I don't Can think. not? So they can't be deployed in cover. But once they are revealed as, in, as a designated target, then they can react like an enemy trooper, so they can then dodge, dodge and into, and and into cover, that sort of thing. Yeah, so... And they, they get stun pistols and that sort of thing, you know, once, once they're revealed.
0: Yeah, now, there is no classified objectives... No. ...in this mission, so when you're looking at the specialists you want to take, there's not really that much to consider apart from having things that are going to be good at pushing the buttons. Yeah. So it's not like you need a widespread... Of 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 different types of specialists. Hack, hackers um, are advantageous in this one. That's right. There yep. there is a bonus for hackers, which means that uh, troopers possessing the hacking special skill have a mod of plus three to the whip roll, uh, and they also get to make two whip rolls. So you're rolling two dice, and you're at a plus three. So yep. if you can get hackers up touching those buttons, then they're going to be pretty decent yep. at, um, mm. at at.
1: It. Definitely because and because you need to push three buttons, you know, you wanna be you want to be able to do that in as few orders as possible. So if you can do it on like a WIP 16 or Web 17 on two dice, then that's far better than doing it on a single Web 13 or Web 14,
0: for yeah. instance. So in I mean in my opinion, the best type of specialist that you want is gonna be uh, something that even though there's an exclusion zone, mm-hmm. I would still probably go for an ha- for a hacker that has maybe four deployment or yep. infiltration to deploy an extra four inches up so you are already closer to those buttons. Mm -hmm. If you've got something that has a marker state as well, uh, then uh, then it's even better because it gets more protection as it goes towards those buttons. Yeah, really good. Um, and that was probably, from my, from, from my perspective, I think that would be the, the, the best piece that you could possibly get. Yeah. Uh, hacker, that can be a marker as well.
1: Hacker, that can be a marker. Yeah, especially if, you know, if it's got infiltration, you, like you see, you got the four inches, you're then only eight inches away from it. So you are literally, you can get there in an order touching the button.
0: If it's, if it's a straight line. It's a straight line,
1: yeah. yeah. In an order. And then you know that you can spend and even if you don't get don't get there you know you can spend the next order and push the button you will get probably shot by then but you you know you can get there and push it so if you if you just sacrifice him and if he's a hacker you've got a fairly good chance that you're going to pass the whip roll even if he dies you're still getting that two dice and plus three whip which is real good yeah and then you know that and then that's you kind of on the board then you know you've got that point you've revealed a decoy or you've revealed potentially a, a designated target even, even if it's a decoy you can still kill that still bag yourself a point um which is kind of what you need to do to win
0: yeah so i mean it's not you don't get there, there's two decoys you don't get a point for each one you kill you just get one point for killing more than your yeah killed. yeah yeah so i mean if you reveal a decoy you're probably still going to want to kill it um just because you want to be on the board with yeah. the number of kills that you've gotten um but Really, the thing you, you want to get is that designated target with your data tracker, because that's a huge, this is, this is it's
1: kind of... Kind of like decap. It, it's, decap. It's,
0: it's how decap used to be. Yeah, the uh, five point swing. Five point, exactly. Mm. Um, but the difference here is that it's much harder to get the, on this target than it yeah. was in decapitation because you didn't have to reveal anything in decap. You could just walk straight over to where it was and blow its brains out.
1: That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah like but like but pretty much everything is gonna have to make the long slog to it unless you've got an impersonator or um, a superior infiltration or ad I guess can come on that four inch strip um, or yeah. walk on or, or drop in into that four inch strip
0: that that exclusion but, zone for it, it really is a concern for drop trips because you can't even drop in to that exclusion no. zone the only place you could come in is I guess in your opponent's deploy- deployment zone by dropping in there mm-hmm. or walking in on a four-inch, two four-inch strips yeah. on either side of the um,
1: which doesn't the give you an awful lot of room. Doesn't right. you know? You might not have that cover. You might not have that total cover to walk in safely. It's not reliable. And ideally, if you do reveal the designated target, you want to push your data tracker up. And um, so until you reveal until you reveal that designated target, ideally you want to try and keep your data tracker as safe and as out of harm's way as possible. Um, so you know something like for for going to talk about maybe data tracker uh what would you use as your data tracker in in this particular mission
0: well i've got a personal favorite that i like to use for my data tracker oh yeah when when the data tracker has to kill something uh-huh. which is the sujan okay yeah fair enough because and yeah. uh, a little while ago we did a full episode on talking about the sujan <laughs> um uh-huh. because it's so fast it's uh, got that eight-inch move in mobility mm-hmm. form, and a decent gun with good ballistic skill as well yep. to be able to get up there and kill something. Very that durable. Yeah. And t- like you say, you got to You're gonna have to make the slog effectively from your deployment zone. That's the sort of thing that you want to be able. Yeah, to Yeah. No,
1: that's who John's uh, a real good piece. Something
0: that has a high movement mm-hmm. and is survivable because they're gonna be copying a lot on the way there.
1: Yeah. No. For so sure.
0: tags as well. Tags would be a great. Data tracker, mm-hmm. in my opinion, for this mission because they have that survivability yep. and um, and they have decent movement as well. With most tags being what six four, is yep.
1: the, six four what, is what the most standard. Most tags are. Yeah.
0: Um, what about you, Kev? What do you think?
1: Uh, if I'm running Shaz, um, I, 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 yeah, I'd be on the same boat as you, I guess. I'd be looking for something that's 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 durable, it's fast, and has a good gun.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, if you want to go back and listen to our Alpha Strike episode, something that uh, that is going to be really good at achieving your fire points here mm-hmm. is something that ticks all those boxes that we talked about that can achieve an alpha strike. Although it's not really an alpha strike because before you can conduct it, you have to figure out what your target is.
1: Yeah, and you don't know where it is. You might put the Sujan on the, on the right flank, find out the designated target's on the left, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's going to take me a lot longer to get through here. Um, you know, And you may have to abandon the idea of the of the data tracker. It may, it may die. It might just be in a, in a bad spot. Um, or you might be presented with an opportunity to shoot the designated target with something that's not your data tracker. You know, it might you know, in the case of like oh he's put it in the open to try to trick me, now it's in the open and my sniper and my link team's got a clear beat on it, do I just do I just go for the three points and sacrifice the two? You know that's right. And, and how and how likely is my opponent going to get my one with his data tracker? Can I kill the data tracker now that I've done it and keep us on that level peg? Um it's it's a tough one because it's not like, say, you know, like DCAP, where you know where the target is pretty much straight away. You can kill it from turn one. It's um You kind of have to really f- maneuver that data tracker into position or maneuver your specialist in pos- into position to reveal his data tracker. And it could it could be turn one, it could be turn three that you do it. You might not do it at all. Mm. I played a couple of games where I think we, neither of us found the data tracker, the designated target. Really? just shot all the decoys.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's the sort of thing where, um, and also you, you have to remember that your HVT, because they are still, the, the decoys and the designated target are considered HVTs until they're revealed. Yeah. And the HVT is the first thing that gets deployed on the table in your deployment zone. Yeah, your, it doesn't sorry, often your... happen with me, though. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, my,
1: de- oh, my HVT, where is he? Oh, he's in there. Oh, shit, sorry. Yeah, so you can, right, yeah.
0: um, uh, as the person who's deploying second, mm-hmm. your opponent will deploy all their... Uh, HVTs. Then they'll deploy all their army except for their reserve. Uh, you can then look at where their hit pieces are and what the likely uh, choices mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. data tracker is, yeah. and then decide where your designated target is going to go in relation to that to try and deny them that extra two points as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. So if if you can if you can just kill the desi- uh, the data tracker. That will stop your opponent from getting uh, okay. So, uh, well, yeah, three, you, point, three yeah. points is what you'll stop your opponent from getting. Yeah, so because the there's, there's two
0: points in killing the designated target with your data tracker, and yeah. then there's an extra point in not having your data tracker killed.
1: Yes. So. So like, if you're gonna, if you are like, for you know, just you're talking about turns going, you know, going seconds great because you can see where the three things are. You don't know which one it is, but you can have an idea where they may where they may place the link team. Um, or where they may have placed the, the hvts but if you're going first you i guess you won't I guess you don't know where the data tracker is either because that's placed at the end mm. but you do have that first go at trying to get rid of the data tracker if it's you know if it's accessible
0: yeah which it will that's it will, right really. i mean first and second it's one of those missions that it could go either way mm-hmm. in terms of which if you want to go first or if you want to go second yeah um, yeah like what are you going to do are you
1: going to go after that you're just going to try and spend orders and reveal trying to start revealing your opponent's designated targets or are you gonna try to knock out their ability to reveal yours
0: look i think it's really going to depend on uh things that are going to be specific to the game that you're playing yeah yeah what faction you're playing against what Mm -hmm. the table looks like um there's there's things that are Outside of the mission itself, that are going to have more of an impact on, on that decision. Because yeah. if you've got a side, if you can you also because if you're uh, if you win the role, and you're looking at if you want to take the initiative or if you want to choose deployment sides, if you take if you choose to take the initiative, and one big thing about the table could be there might be some really tasty spots mm. to put your guys to defend.
1: Yeah, and that could be a really important point, more so than having a place for your Blink team to set, for instance. You might be like, oh, I can hide him behind here, and he's got to come all the way around here just to align on him. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's something to consider.
0: And, I mean, the other thing you could consider is you don't necessarily have to spread your... No, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could put them all in the same spot if you want it. I mean, it's a bit obvious where they where they are. Yeah. But if you're that confident in your ability to defend that area, then you could just absolutely castle up mm-hmm. around your your um your your HVTs. Yeah. And um and really deny your opponent access to that area.
1: And there's nothing stopping you either from um you know having uh, your own troopers around these. Uh, HVTs like if you do grip them on one place there's nothing stopping you then from having putting some mines down putting some camera markers down putting some troopers that might even block line of sight to them you know maybe like a, a tag just plonk your tag right in front of them so they're okay cool now if you want to see yeah. this guy you've got if you want to want get to him you got to yeah, get go through me blow the tag up or come around
0: yeah um, so there, there's there is there's quite a lot going on there's a lot yeah. of moving parts yeah. and there's a lot of things to consider uh when you're when you're choosing that if you do happen to win win the role and mm-hmm. um and, and choose if you want to go first or if you want to take deployment personally i just re- prefer to lose the role and let my opponent yeah. have the hard <laughs> all t- the have, time have that hard decision. all the time
1: that's the first the most stressful time i can have sometimes is just be like oh i won the role damn it <laughs> oh i was gonna go second but then i realise that you've got like i don't know yeah, you're running vanilla Yu Ching and I'm just worried about a bit of Moang or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh now I don't know if or right, Sujan, now I don't know if I wanna go second. Um yeah, sometimes with my opponent wins the role then I'm just like, sweet, we'll do whatever. Okay. Most nine times out of ten, whenever I lose the roll, my opponent tends to go 1st mm-hmm. Which is usually what I want to do. It's it's funny it's a funny psychology thing or something, but if I if I lose a role and my opponent is like you maybe you, a Su running a Sujan and you win the role and you say, I'm gonna go first. I'm like, sweet, I want to go second anyway. But if I win the role, then I'm suddenly like, oh no, do I still want to go second? He's that- got Suja. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> it happens all the time. Look, and, and like I said before, it is going to be really dependent on the table. But I think yeah. for having a side that's got a few tasty little spots to put your, uh, your HPTs, just to make the decision of your opponent when they do push the button which one are they going to pick to make that decision as difficult as possible.
1: Well we're on the subject of ter- terrain we could we could I guess put this in the frame of BCB a little bit and talk about the tables that we see at tournaments so the tables that you know we have at House of War the ones that I bring the ones that Pete brings on the whole I'd say that they're fairly dense yeah, generally yeah. speaking, we we
0: we, we are um, lucky to have a few guys that have got quite a lot of terrain. Yeah, and can put together quite a few tables. And the tables, are, I wouldn't, I would definitely not call them sparse. No, and that's interesting as well because it's not, it's not like we purposely try to make them dense. We just
1: have like a lot of really good terrain. So we just kind of be like, well, let's, <laughs> put, let's it all, you know, put it all on there. Put it all, yeah, all the buildings. Oh, we've got some cool vehicles. Chuck them down as well. And suddenly it's like, oh, that's quite a lot of, yeah, quite a lot of terrain. Yeah. yeah.
0: So so. Most of the tables that we play on yeah. uh, uh, can be quite dense. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah I, right. think,
1: I think so. I think we do have a few. It'd be nice to throw in a few random... Sparse ones, oh, but I don't
0: like open tables, Kev. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Mr. Sujan doesn't like doesn't like copying more than one arrow at a time. He likes to he likes to pick Ooh, and choose. No, thank
0: you. No yeah, thank
1: you. I'll just build uh, a, a Warhammer Fantasy table type thing, and then with we'll two pieces of terrain, two pieces, it. just a couple of hills, a forest <laughs> yeah. with three trees in it. that's right <laughs> They get put to the side of the table anyway. I be like, play on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll bring the swamp table back out. Done. <laughs> Just to uh, see Julian lose his head. You uh, never played on that one though. No, so I, t- I played on. You did it? Oh.
0: Uh, not the full swamp table. Oh yeah. I played on um, one of so that that table of that you've got. That's the compound. And yeah. The last tournament we had where you split that into two. Oh yeah, tables. yeah, yeah. Try to I see if I can on, spend it if yeah. I can stretch it out. And it, I mean it worked. Uh huh. Um, but having like there was one section that was like a little. Uh, pond yeah. i suppose oh it's just like thing yeah and in, my opponent and i were like okay how are we going to play this pond i'm like well kev loves his uh his terrain rules <laughs> so we better have some terrain rules there otherwise he'll get angry at us so uh we played it that uh it was a um uh low sat low, low. low vis saturation zone yeah but also if you were prone you were getting total cover
1: Ah, yeah, no that's fair. That that's that seems fair. Um, Cuz otherwise you didn't have much I don't think from
0: regulation didn't have much to cover otherwise. On that side of the table. The of the table yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were inside the pond, yeah. prone, yeah. you're getting total cover. Ah, okay. So basically my opponent put half of his arm <laughs> prone it's just in the pond, inside the <laughs> pond. And then when he wanted to activate something, he would stand it up mm-hmm. inside the thing, it's still getting cover because yeah. it's a uh it's in a it's still getting the low vis zone. Yeah, yeah. sorry, it's still yeah. getting the low vis zone yeah. uh, mods. And um, would uh, stand up and, and shoot at something that it could see. Yeah. And then it would go back prone again, and because everything was prone in there, in my turn I couldn't see any of them. Right. Uh, so it was probably not the best decision mm. at the start of the game. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we, we still managed to. Well, that's fine, because
1: if, 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 if he ends the turn everything, everything prone, then you just walk the Sujin up there and just go flamethrower. You no? Know? And then just napalm that pond, turn it into a. <laughs>
0: Inferno. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. I. I maybe, like it. Maybe, so it sounds maybe. like that game didn't go so well. No, it did. I, <laughs> I, I, I think I still won. Um, I can't remember. I can't even remember what mission it was actually. Yeah. But. Um, no, but you're right. That, that
1: that table was like an experiment in uh, what I could do with the two. T- if I if I tried to split them up, um, how far could I get? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was there. Yeah,
0: it was. It was still okay. It, mm. was, it was more open than what we usually play on.
1: Yeah, no, I think that I think you're right. I think that was definitely it wasn't my necessarily my intention, but there was an area of like quite low cover, yes, where nothing was maybe much higher than an S five or S six model, maybe S five, and then whereas the other side had like buildings on it where, but that were maybe eight inches or six inches tall. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess what I was just trying to say with that point was, um, we're talking a lot about terrain for this one to where you're going to put your HVTS. Yep. Um. So that's a very important part to consider. Not just where where your deployment zone is. Think about what's not on your deployment zone. Where can you? Where where is where is your opponent? Where might your opponent want yeah. to put them?
0: It's it's something where because often when you're choosing deployment, you're looking at just those twelve inches that you get to deploy in. Yeah. What's better, this mm-hmm. side or that side? In this one, you're really looking at the deployment zone as well as that exclusion area. Yeah. Because you've got to put your three dudes inside there as well. Mm, um huge. So there's a bit more to consider. Mm-hmm. So um, massive. Um, yeah, but is there any other special dealies with this uh, with this mission? We've talked about the exclusion zone, which is going to really mess with people's uh, drop troops and, uh, and infiltrators. What about um, like deploying in the not in, outside the exclusion zone on mm. that four inches on your opponent's side of the table?
1: Yeah, you can do that. So like that's uh, so what i was saying like a, like a spec like a fidet, like an impersonator they can deploy in straight in there without a roll superior mm. infiltration you can employ it and can deploy in that four inch strip with a roll um, inferior inferior infiltration as well will also that's the only place they can deploy um, I guess that's them all uh, yeah it's such, like,
0: a, it's such a risk when you have to roll for it though because if you fail that roll yeah that thing is out of its marker state on your baseline yeah
1: it's not. Great, but yeah, if you are running an army, if you are up against an army, or you are playing an army that has access to impersonators, that's a it's a really great place to put them, um, because that's, I mean, you're probably not going to make one of them your data tracker, but uh, you can you will have something there that may be overwatching one of those decoys. So when yeah, you reveal it, it, you can just stand them up and bang. you have probably in you you know you're probably most likely well you will be behind them, and you, you'll probably be um, you know in line of fire of at least one of them. Um, I know that's pretty handy track yeah. to do
0: because like well while well, we do well obviously you do want to get those two points for killing it with your data tracker yeah you still get three points for killing it with anything yeah so that's, that's still a lot of points um so there's a, there's a lot to consider there it's, it's it's actually a mission i've never played before i've never i've not played unmasking so this will uh it's on my list for practice games coming up to bcb uh which once i get back from my holiday, I'm planning mm. on getting a lot of games in yeah. at, uh those few weeks before the actual tournament. So.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that would stand as one of my favourite missions. I think the last time I played it was against Russ, and it was, he had his Caledonians, I had Starco, I obviously made Emily my data tracker. Yep. Which, I can't remember what happened in the game, but basically he decided it would be more beneficial for him to try to kill Emily, my data tracker, than um, try to push buttons and reveal who I was. Um, which worked it reasonably well i think he did end up killing emily so it made it just meant that i wasn't able to not only kill the designated target with the data tracker but i couldn't push a button with one of my hackers and then just spec fire onto the decoy from yeah, across the board and um, it made up my life a lot harder then i had to like i think i think then that's when i brought in raul and i was like oh shit he can only go on this four inch strip he can't like he can't go anywhere where he's not gonna either gonna get shot or he's gonna have to spend like two to three orders to see the HVT so yeah it was a really it was a really intense game and it kind of didn't play by the way we thought it was going to play we mm-hmm. ended up just kind of trying to kill each other's data trackers um, to stop um, or other or, or specialists to stop them from pushing buttons in the first place rather than going after our own um, decoys so it was, a, it was a good game
0: yeah well I mean the way that I kind of see myself doing this is similar to that mm. maybe going in and trying with a drop trip even yeah <laughs> To go for an alpha strike with a drop troop mm-hmm. to kill the opponent's data tracker, yep. and then there's I guess a lot less weight on doing all the actions because your opponent's already on the back foot. Yeah. In the amount of points that they could potentially achieve. Yeah, huge. So I mean, that's some, that's one way to look at it. As and well,
1: and people may not be expecting a drop troop in in a mission with exclusion zone uh, just because of the lack of areas you can put them. But if you feel confident, you can make that you can make that roll in the deployment zone. Yeah, I reckon they could they could do a lot of damage.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, well, that was good. I think that covers everything we wanted to talk about about unmasking, so we can move on to the next. Uh, to day two of Burn Yeah, so those the, the two missions we talked about last time, and unmasking make up day one of uh, BCB, uh, and then day two is Quadrant Control and Annihilation. Correct. Um, and... Uh, So, Quadrant Control and Annihilation. We'll go through Quadrant Control first, because it'll be the first one up on day two. That's right. Um, Now, both of these missions are pretty straightforward.
1: Real straightforward. Um, No objectives. We'll clear them all away on the Saturday night and uh, just rock up blurry-eyed on the Sunday to throw some dice and kill things. The
0: the worst thing that can happen at a tournament is you have, like, you, you, you get... You brain blasted on day one after mm-hmm. stressing out and then you go out and have 10 beers come in day two and it's a mission that is just like
1: you, too complicated You haven't played before <laughs> yeah it's and even if you haven't played these ones before then you're not they're not there's not they're not gonna there's not really anything in there to catch you out we will go over some of the little idiosyncrasies but there's not much to them.
0: That's right. So I think just that's a that's a very cl- very smart way to order it. Is have uh has have day two a bit uh, a bit simpler missions, let's say.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope that we can show um, people a good time on the Saturday. <laughs> 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 Maybe we can keep some of those interstaters in, in bed on the Sunday morning <laughs> as well, just so that we us Victorians have an actual chance of winning our own tournament. Oh,
0: potentially. Yeah. I mean. We, I mean, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll just win uh, uh, best sport. Best sport, yeah.
1: <laughs> Victoria, first and fun. Yeah, that's that's right.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So the um, the objectives that we need for quadrant control we have uh, to dominate the same number of quadrants at the uh, at the sorry dominate the same number of quadrants as the opponent at the end of each game round uh, is one objective point. Uh, Mm -hmm. but only if at least one quadrant is dominated. So if you both hang out in your deployment zone for the entirety of the first turn, nobody gets any points. you get nothing. Uh, Next up we have dominate more quadrants than your opponent, gives you two objective points. And then have your data tracker in a dominated quadrant at the end of each game round, gives you one objective point.
1: Mm, Mmm, yeah. also
0: have one classified objective. A, uh, a data tracker, an HVT for the classifieds, and uh, Retreat is in play as well. So this mission is scored at the end of each game round. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of like how supremacy, supremacy used to work. The Supremacy now, you don't get any points for having the same amount. You only get points for more. That's right. Um, but this, it used to work this way. It used to
1: work this way, where... and then they introduced... Was it the Xenotech or the Data Tracker or the Xenotech? You have, they to, you have to that. have the
0: Xenotech yeah. in. Um, to get you that extra get, point. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. in this one, you want to have your data tracker inside uh, a zone that you're controlling, yeah. and uh, or, or dominating rather, and, and also be dominating more zones than your opponent is. I mean, if you're dominating the same amount, you're still getting, you've still got points on the board, yeah. but they do as well.
1: Exactly. So, like if you both have two each and you both got a data tracker in your dominant quadrant, you're both getting two points each.
0: Yeah. But the, I mean, the table itself, pretty standard. Twelve-inch uh, deployment zones, and then the, the the middle section of the table, or the, the no man's land, mm-hmm. is split up into four quadrants, and uh, and those are what you want to be controlling.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fairly straightforward mission. Uh, what are the what are the what are the sort of special, special rules?
0: Special rules. We've got an Intel com card. So because oh, yeah. there is one classified objective, which can be used for Intelcom. Now, uh, the Intelcom means that you can, we have to declare at the start of the game whether you're going to use it to try and get the classified objective for one point, or if you're going to use it for Intelcom. So yeah. you can't change your mind later on, you have to make that decision first up, and the the number of the card can then be applied to the, um, to, to the, the number on the card that... Number is the amount of extra points you can apply to troops in one of the quadrants. Yeah. But you can only apply it in the third round. So that's rounds, yeah, that's rounds right. one and two, you don't get any extra points. But round three, you could get extra points using your Intel. Yeah, you
1: just apply card. it in the, in the third round. Yeah. And then on, on Intelcom, it's um, you roll a dice um, each, and whoever gets the highest um, declares if they're going to use Intelcom or not. Um, the thing about that as well is if you do decide to do Intelcom, you don't do that objective, but you can still do secure HVT. Can you? Mm-hmm.
0: Really? I never yeah, thought of so that. Yeah, so
1: I didn't know this until recently. I can't remember who told me this. It was uh, some fella in the community says... If, oh, it's probably Julian, actually, which, which means it's probably wrong. I yeah, should have said that. Um, it, uh, yeah, that if you, you you don't get that point, but you can still always do secure HVT. To get the point for having a classified. Yeah, which gets you that 10 points. Wow. So, so you're still able to get to 10 points. You're not going to lose that point for doing it. Um, it just means whatever is on that one, if it was something easy like data scan, then you know, you're know you not doing that, but you're still going to do secure HVT. Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, like you say, you roll a die and whoever... Rolls the highest or something yeah. has to choose if they're using Intel card or if they're not first, and then the other person can use that information to help influence their decision as to whether or not they yeah. To.
1: And it's fairly you know most of the time you would well I guess if you've got a card that's worth I don't know maybe fifteen points or more maybe ten it depends on how 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 much you think you're going to use it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the number on the card is going to influence it. Yeah. If you've got like one to five, is it even? worth
1: it and it's also corresponds to what the objective is because I think as I if it's believe, something
0: that you can easily achieve
1: yeah like I think 20 or whatever it was is, is predator and you're like yeah nah I'm not going to do that one I think rescue might be 17 or 16 you know um, and you know those kind of ones are actually quite hard tend to be or not always but there's a few of them that tend to be higher numbers like mm. I know whenever we'll I get predator I'm like sweet that's like 18 to 20 points and I ain't doing it so but you don't you
0: don't um, have <laughs> close combat uh, uh,
1: troops. I, I do but they never seem to kill three people. Or, sorry, <laughs> two, yeah, I never seem to... Is it two, is it? Yeah. I never seem to do that. So If
0: you get three, you get an extra. Oh, yeah,
1: three, which so. I think is another thing that gets forgotten about. I would love CB to redo those classifiers. Not necessarily to change what's on them, just to get rid of the red ones, um, or put the red ones on the green ones and to like, you know, have them like upside down type of thing, so you're not yeah, so having you a, waste, a waste of cards. Um, there are definitely... I have noticed this season that they're while they're more spread out, um, there are a lot more than the Red go I ain't doing that one mm. like it's, it's not even a case of like oh I could do it it's like I'm not doing it I'm not Rescuing, I'm yeah. not, you know, it's just. I, I, I'm, it's not gonna,
0: I'm not going to try and get into my opponent's deployment yeah. zone in, 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 well, touching one of their their things with a veteran trooper. Yeah, like there's just so many levels to achieve that that I'm not even going to put the brain power. No. <laughs> exactly. Like I might it's, be It's, able not, to it's it. not that I couldn't do it. It's yeah. just that I don't want to have to think about it. There's there's more important things yeah. for me to do.
1: To me, that's what I'm going to call it, secure HVT. I'm sorry, that's that's what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah, uh, unless I like can Intel Comet. Yeah, that's that's it.
0: No, oh, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's definitely an option. We've got data trackers in play, and yep. they want to be inside one of your dominated quadrants, but the data tracker also gets their own free data tracker order. How wonderful. Which is uh, a little irregular order that mm. the data tracker gets to use on himself. Can't be converted to regular, can't be given to anyone else under yep. any circumstances. He only gets it for himself and um and gets a gets a little little dealie there so um given that and that you want to i guess keep your data tracker alive to get extra points what are you assigning data tracker to in this mission
1: i'm probably ex- i'm trying to try and assign something that is um fairly expensive if i have a tag it's probably going to be that um, i may not like a tag, you're gonna do a lot with, but you're never really gonna push it up. You're gonna keep it probably in your own half in a in a safe area. It's worth a hundred points, so you've got a fairly confident choice of that. And the thing is, you're using that that irregular order can be just be used to push it into the into the zone on turn one. It can be used to put him in suppressive fire. It can be used to do all manner of things. So I'd be doing it on something like yeah, something fairly um not, not like not something like a Sujan, mm-hmm. um unless because because it's worth points as well like okay the extra order is great for something like an attack piece um but because it's worth that extra point it's it's almost like too risky yeah Um,
0: so my opinion on it sort of leans more in that direction yeah i see this more as a as a poison chalice Mm. in that that you're being baited to spend more orders on your data tracker yeah 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 uh, whereas that means that the, the, the more orders you're spending on him, the more chance he's going to get ARO'd, the yep. more chance that you're going to lose a face-to-face roll yep. uh, just because of the weight of dice, you, and then he dies. And once he dies, you're not getting points anymore. And that's
1: three points that you lose over the course of the game.
0: Exactly, potentially. Um, yeah,
1: no, I, I definitely want something that I can, that I can secure um, the zone with, probably, you know, by itself. Um, but I will definitely always use that order in some way not necessarily to attack with, but just so that I can just re-manoeuvre. Um, and to me, something like a tag would be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if you've got access to a tag, um,
0: personally, yeah. Sure. Um, I w- I wouldn't put it on a tag because a tag is something that you want to be throwing into into combat.
1: Yeah, but not not necessarily crossing that halfway line. True. You want to just have it ominous, sitting there in your your one of your dominated quadrants, overwatching an area. And if your opponent goes, oh, I need to try and get rid of that target like, well, come at me. Yeah. yeah. So
0: w- my my opinion is a model that's like thirty to forty points, mm-hmm. uh, size two can go prone, mm-hmm. uh, uses his irregular order to move up into one of those first quadrants. Yeah. One that you usually you'll have one that's going to be f- f- fairly saturated and one that's a bit less so. Yep. Move into that saturated one, so it's a sure thing, and then just crouch below some cover. So not crouch prone yep. below some cover and just chill out. I'm probably not, after, once he moves there, I'm probably not even gonna spend yeah. those are uh, those other orders. Yeah,
1: something yeah, so even like something even like uh, um so thirty to forty points, so you're talking like you're talking like heavy in, something hit some heavy infantry maybe yeah, or um, medium infantry. Well,
0: to give some examples, I'm looking at um, uh, the one that I'd consider oh actually the, the what's that um the guy with ODD and mad traps in... Um, what does he have, ODD? No, like, the gang- Canren. Yeah, no, the Gangbuster. Oh, you know, and No 12, 12. Uh, Something like that. Mm. Uh, because he's got mad traps as well.
1: Oh, he uh, can protect himself. Uh, yeah, which, which help protect
0: right. him. It's right. um, The What unit am I talking about?
1: You know... Oh, oh, no, you wouldn't want to do it with your data tracker. I was thinking you could be real cheeky and... Uh, like, just put the data tracker in your opponent's half and be like, then try and push them out of that one half. But I guess that would be, you'd end up, it's a very risky strategy. Like, you could put, you know, just put them in your opponent's half. So, it's like, then.
0: something, so, like, an infiltrator, for example, starts halfway up.
1: Yeah, um, and then just try and push into that one quadrant. Um, but, yeah, it could go horribly wrong. Yeah. So, maybe I wouldn't. No, yeah, yeah. I'd keep the data tracker probably in my half of the board. A, you know, defending it or hiding in some way to try to basically secure that. Um, effectively, you're securing, well, you'll secure at least one point per, per per turn from him. Even if even if he's got three and you've got one, you're still going to get still one because you're dominating that one quadrant. So, yeah, I guess if you can put him, um, yeah, something on a roof that's just over the deployment zone. Um, even if it's just a member of a link, you know, like sometimes you get those tables that the twelve-inch line is there, but there might be a gantry that extends out past the twelve-inch line. Yep. Make this, you know, a link team member that just sits there, you know, prone on that gantry just past the twelve-inch line, where the rest of the link team just sit there, you know, just do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might be able to, you know, can, can, te- you know, keep that one, giving yourself a point every turn. Um. Yeah, like I, yeah, you're right though. Like they want you to use that a regular order to do something with
0: yeah I don't want to use it
1: I mean you could, be, you could be super aggressive like you know run Steel Phalanx and run Achilles who's your lieutenant and he's got the date tracker so now you're, he's putting three, four orders when he gets frenzy
0: yeah I guess that's, then, that's then the other and then uh, he's that's, just like wow yeah. but then that, he
1: never lives usually so
0: that's the other option, really, what you were sort of talking about before with a tag. Mm. Do you have it on the on the tag that could potentially also be your lieutenant? Something like an avatar, yep. make that your data tracker, and so then, that he, he's getting all of the orders and an extra order, and then just
1: bully into your opponent's half and then push them out of their own quadrant. So then, not only are you getting maybe your two or three, they're not even getting theirs, and you've probably pushed their data tracker out as well. Yeah,
0: or or the way that you want to use a tag, particularly when it's your lieutenant, and mm. not leave him exposed at the front. Push forward. Spend ten orders if you got a limited insertion. Or so if if you've got a limited insertion list and it's you, your lieutenant and it's got a data tracker order, that's twelve, 12 orders, orders yeah. you could be spending on this on this avatar. Yeah. Uh, moving like not even rushing. You can take your time mm-hmm. and cautiously get up to where you're not cautious move, but yeah, yeah, you could you could cautiously get up, get up to where you where a good firing position is. T- spend those orders to take out a few of you, a few of your enemies, mm-hmm. and then uh, fall back to one of your one of your home quadrants to defend it. Um, that's that's something that um, that I can definitely see happening.
1: And honestly, and those sort of missions like this, this mission supremacy, like having something that's like eighty plus points that you can just be like, well, I can put it in this this quadrant, this quadrant, this quadrant, this quadrant. And if I walk into these quadrants, I've won that quadrant. It's a really powerful thing, especially if you're going second. Mm-hmm. So you're like, which one do I want to take from you? I can just walk in and do that. Yeah. Um, you know, without without, without um, losing them is a powerful thing to do. And if you've got that data tracker order, you've used all your other orders up, and then suddenly you're like, oh, wait a minute! I've just done the I've just done the quick math in my head. I need to move them into this quadrant. You've got that order. You can sort of use on them.
0: That's right. So um, yeah. I think in terms of stealing a, a a quadrants from your opponents as well, drop troopers walking in from the side. Oh yeah, is really powerful. They're real massive. Yeah, they're uh, good. Particularly if you take a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, more expensive ones, the better, because you want to have more points in there. But if you look at your the two quadrants of your opponent's home side, if there's one of them that's quite sparse, walk a dude in from the side, yeah. and now there's something that they have to really contend with in terms of points. So it's the same sort of thing as walking that big unit in there, yeah. Um, except maybe not with with the same amount of oomph behind it. But um, but that's something that can be can be considered as well. So um, I think this is in terms of if you win that. Uh, initiative roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to go first or second, because it's scored at the end of each round, definitely want to go second. Yeah. in my opinion.
1: It, the way the way I personally build my list, yeah, I'm not. I don't have a problem going second in a mission like that, um, unless my opponent has geared himself real hard to um, alpha strike me, which you know. <laughs> You just have to hope. You have that to deal they, with. It. You just have to deal with. Yeah, you just have to hope you got enough arrows, and they fluff enough dice that they don't they don't get into you. Because that, yeah, it, you're right. It's a it's a pretty fairly sizable advantage to go second in this mission, um, especially with the way the points are scored.
0: In saying that, going first still has the advantage of, um, you, like, your opponent needs to have points on the board to be able to score. If you go first and kill all their expensive things before they get that chance. Then just don't put them in retru- into what retreat. What are they, they going to do? Well, I mean, if you go put, into retreat, and Is retreat in play in this mission? Yeah, it is. So, what happens if you go into, if your opponent goes into retreat? Do well, you, do you still get the points for the turns two and three? Yeah.
1: No. uh Oh uh no! You end at the you end at the end of turn one. So you, I'm assuming
0: that might be something we have to check somewhere.
1: I think I think it is because you don't play a turn two or turn three, because you can't because otherwise you just go you know you can get ten points from that. So no, you just play the turn one. So the most points you can get is, you know, assuming assuming you are going first, Nick, and you like smash my face, but I've still got like a couple of things, and you spent all those orders just push just basically pushing things into like mm-hmm. one of my quadrants, and you've not moved anything else at your deployment zone, and then I spend my order maybe one order, <laughs> on the thirty point model to walk something into like your area and outpoint you just seeing Mm -hmm. then that'll put me on possibly two to three points and you'll have nothing
0: no but if if i go first i alpha strike you harder than ever yeah kill literally everything yeah well
1: i mean if it's literally everything then yes i'm I'm stuffed (laughs) yeah (laughs) if i kill yeah if i kill kill, okay if i kill
0: almost you, everything you go into retreat yeah which means while you're in retreat you can't move towards me yeah unless i have backwards. things of
1: courage or something like yeah. that yeah yeah. okay then um or things which are already up the board and then they just walk back or I, or i just don't spend orders on them and yeah. they just they just take their points um yeah you could end up with a draw or a minor victory in my you know in whoever went yeah. to retreat
0: okay so that's something to something to to watch out for mm-hmm. um
1: definitely always always hopefully hopefully
0: i don't get another notch in my belt of losing games while my opponent is in retreat yeah i've done that enough times and i don't need to do it again
1: like i've been having so much fun running running the sphinx and i look at this mission i'm like damn it i don't i can't run the sphinx in this mission like i could but he wouldn't be in a camel state yeah but then i'm like oh but then he would still he would still be to he would still be neg six to hit and he gets an extra order and he's got climbing plus so he can just be like and then just go climb up building, and be like, hi, I'm 109.6. Do, does points. the
0: Sphinx infiltrate?
1: No, he doesn't. Okay. No, so he he, but he's six six moves So I'm like, whatever. That's pretty fast. I don't yeah. know if I would. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. But just the less I like running, I would love for this mission because he's really good in supremacy, but just not as good in this one because I would like to make him my data tracker.
0: Make Shishkin your data tracker.
1: I can't afford Shishkin and no. a Sphinx. Well, I can, but it wouldn't have much else. Although maybe I'll try that one day. Maybe I'll try Sheskin and, and a Sphinx and see how that goes. Maybe I'll try double Sphinx.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we've, we've covered on yeah, most of those points we've made thanks. there. We've talked about... So, did we talk about infiltrators?
1: Oh, I do have one thing just on the subject of uh, Shaz Vasti. Yes. Because this is a very important. Yeah. Very important, and it has come up a lot because since I started Shaz... Toby Shaz there's a f- couple other people that have started Shaz well, and in particularly our area. With,
0: with the new models dropping as well, there's going to be loads of people who are picking them up.
1: That's true, yeah. It is the Shaz Vasty rule, is a CDM rule. Um in in missions like this, really important to double tap your uh if you if you drop a dude, well, make sure make sure he's dead. Yeah. Shock, the, or,
0: shock. K- or shooting unconscious yeah. people. Yeah. Or, or
1: or at least take that into consideration when you're counting up points. That's right. Um, because if you don't Kill dead uh, any model with the Shazvasti rule. If they're unconscious, they're still worth their full points for yeah. purposes of like dominating, controlling, and also army points.
0: Yeah, so the rule itself states that troops possessing the Shazvasti special rule that are inside a zone of operation count while they are in the spawn embryo well, spawn state embryo, so or any non null state. Yeah. Um, so when you. What's a spawn embryo state? Is that so like that's so? That's when you go unconscious. Do they get that instead of going unconscious? Yeah, that's right. Okay. They,
1: instead of unconscious, or it's a form of unconscious. But either way, if when they go from like their last wound to unconscious, mm-hmm. if you haven't shocked them out, they go to this um, this state, which means you know you could have a whole bunch of points just lying around. You know, a shrouded like a twenty-seven point shrouded over here, a thirty-three point malignus over here, a fifty-four point Cheskin over there, even like a sixteen point. Seventeen point um, Nox Trooper you know who have who who has bioimmunity as well, so you can't shock them out. Mm. You know sitting, you know in in these zones that you would just be like, oh, him, and, and because you don't know how many points there are unless you look up army, it's um,
0: yeah can be a bit of a confusing. very
1: yeah it can be it certainly warned me a few games and um, you know just f- players forgetting that they have that rule. Yeah.
0: So if you're coming up against Charles Vasti, kill him dead. Yep.
1: Uh, combined yeah if you see anything with Shands of just kill it kill it with fire
0: <laughs> or shock or, or shock or viral yes. <laughs>
1: just make sure it's dead
0: something that's gonna yeah to wipe it off the table yeah um, cool well I think that covers a, a quadrant control I think it does so we can move on to the final mission of the day uh, Annihilation yeah which is um, as far as mission goes missions go Probably the simplest one out there. I reckon so. There is really not much going on in this uh, in this mission. Uh, you've to effectively you get points for killing more of the most points of your enemy, and depending on how many points you get, you get more objective points. So if you've killed between seventy-five and one hundred and fifty, you get one objective point. If you've killed between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty, you get three objective points. If you've killed More than 250, you get four objective points. The Mm. other side of that is that you don't want your own stuff to get killed. So if you've got between 75 to 150 surviving, you get one point. If you've got 151 to 250, you get three points. If you've got more than 250 surviving, you get four points. And then to kill the enemy data tracker is worth two points. Yeah. So... So mission, or it's called in Comlog,
1: mission parameters, the only thing that's highlighted there is data tracker, which means there's yep. no HVTs, no retreat, no classified, nothing. Just no, the data tracker is no, what you Nothing have.
0: fancy at all. Nope. Um, you literally, to get 10 points, you want to kill more than 250 points of your opponent and have more than 250 points of your stuff still alive and their data tracker dead. Yeah. Shit. Um, so
1: more if you have more than 250 points surviving wow yeah you're gonna have a real real hard alpha strike on that one yeah big
0: time big Um, time table setup 12 inch 12 12 inch deployment zone that's it nothing special no fancy rules at all um apart from there being a data tracker yeah like i said no hvts no classified deck this is the the i mean annihilation we joked about this before. This is the way that I play most missions. <laughs> Just try and kill things to begin with and get points later. But now I can do them both at the same time. I've never played Annihilation before. Have you not? Never.
1: It's one of those missions where you're like, oh, no, Infinity is more sophisticated than that. <laughs> you know, you take a new player and they're like, oh, what mission are we going to play? We're going to play Supremacy. What was my first mission? Yeah, know, we don't play kill missions, you know, like, come on. We're, um, we're, we're, we're a refined player base
0: Yeah, but even as far as kill missions go there's nothing here no there's <laughs> nothing yeah yeah
1: it's nothing it's just kill things Yeah, kill things and don't be killed that's kill it. that's actually the, the subtle distinction between something like this and playing I don't know 40k you know you were trying to kill your opponent but you're also trying not to be killed so sure. there's a, that's, a, that's an important thing to remember Um, it's because if you go balls to the wall and get your face blown off in the process of killing your opponent you're going to end up with a draw yeah. And not very good, and, you know, not very many points.
0: That's true. Um, in terms of data tracker selection, which is the only Ooh, bit of spice yeah. that we've gotten here at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are you looking at? It's something that, like, because, whereas in the previous mission we talked about, mm. well, you wanted to keep your data tracker alive, he got that extra order. In yeah. you this, you're not even getting an extra order. No. Nah. You just want something that is not going to get its head blown off yeah well something
1: that's not something is they see they're not worth your oh i don't know there's a, there's a balance you can make it like a fusillator 10 point fusillator and just put him prone on a roof yep um which will make it hard for your opponent to get to but if he has means an ad trooper or if impersonator or something like that he'll get to them um it'll get, him, it'll get him two points but it'll also only kill 10 points of yours so you know whatever who cares um, on the other hand yeah you can make it something like Sun Z, you know cool it's you know much much harder to kill um, but also you don't want him to die
0: so you're not going to use him mate Sun Z doesn't die <laughs> you're right I am what is he two, two? wounds no winding mm-hmm. cap uh, BTS 6 which you can now use as his armor as well He's uh, armor total, total immunity he doesn't die
1: He'll just, like, face tank a missile launcher. Right. Like, three times. He'll take three of those and be like, yeah, I'm fine.
0: I've literally had games where I have had Sunze on the on the roof of my deployment zone. Yeah. I think I did this at CanCon in um, in decapitation. He's my lieutenant. He's standing there, like, just balls out. Someone needs to make a... Baiting my opponent yeah. to come at me because there's literally nothing you could do. And he was up there, there was a TR bot in line with where he was below him. So if you wanted to come around a certain corner, you're copying the TR bot as well as as him on the roof. Mm -hmm. But that whip 17 flash pulse, um, just you're winning face-to-face rolls when you really shouldn't be. Yeah. And even if you don't win a face-to-face roll, if you're in cover, you're you're armor 9 against everything. Against everything, yeah. And... um, so it's even if he does take a few wounds, if he takes, you can you can take two wounds and then volunteer to go prone, uh, by voluntarily failing fang, a guts check, and your opponent has just wasted all their orders to achieve very little. Very little, yeah, yeah. Like uh, total immunity, kind of is a is a funny one.
1: Like I like the kind of thematic side of it. You know, it reminds me of I don't know. The one thing I think about is uh, freezer from dragon ball z just be like
0: spirit bomb and he's like ha 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 you're like yeah. what that should have leveled a city yeah. no this isn't you know, even, this isn't even my final form this is yeah exactly that's what this
1: total immunity is it's just <laughs> yeah. like i'm gonna throw a nuclear bomb at you and you're like sweet yeah i'll take one wound and you're like no that's not how, no that can't it must be a weakness so no, he's,
0: he's like he's like the terminator he is the t- yeah yeah he's,
1: he's probably even better than the terminator he's like uh the t-1000 <laughs>
0: Who is also a who Terminator. Also a
1: Terminator. Okay, yeah. He's, yeah. Also, he's not the Terminator, he's a Terminator. A
0: Terminator, yeah. yeah. But um. But yeah, like, you can, in terms of going first and second, I'm going to heavily lean towards the first turn mm-hmm. because you want to try and kill things and getting that alpha strike in is a great way to kill things. Yeah. Um, unless your army is built in a way that has loads of speed bumps and, and, and that sort of thing, um, definitely I'm going to be wanting to pick first turn.
1: Would you be, would you be, sort of I guess, building a list for this mission? Um, or because you're just saying, I guess you might come up against some opponents that kind of turtle up in the mission like this, and just try to do damage mitigation and hope that you, you know, you overextend and and get get punished for it. So it, would, you know, would you be would you be looking at an alpha strike list for this?
0: There's we, there's five five yep. missions we've got to build lists for. You get two lists, right? Annihilation does not have enough going on for me to dedicate one of my lists to be yeah able to achieve this. Yeah, all of my lists can kill things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an idea of which one I would prefer to use of the two in this type of a mission, but um, yeah, both my lists. Everybody's got guns. They can all still kill things. Um, there's some big guns, there's some small guns. But there's really not enough happening here for me to no, yeah, really okay. focus in on. Um, it's not like there there's other kill missions um, where you want to have a minimum amount of specialists, for example, or where the lieutenant is at risk. Yeah. Those are the types of missions where you might look at specifically building a list for it. But this one, just take whatever you want. Really.
1: Yeah. Take, take, take a few take a few uh, key pieces that will kill things and then maybe have the rest of them just be the ones that hold up at the back and try and you know, basically be your 200 points of stuff that you are gonna try to hold on to and then maybe throw you know like 100 points or something at the opponent and see how much damage it does and then from there reevaluate like okay cool I'm gonna just now sit back and or I'm gonna yeah I, push, I guess, you know, I guess of
0: like you do have to be conscious that you get you're not only getting points for killing things; you're getting points for not getting killed. Yeah. So you don't want to go too hard um, with with your with your offense because you, you do want to because those particularly if you're being offensive with expensive pieces. Yeah. Losing them is a it's is big. Is lots of points for your opponent yeah. and loss of points for yourself.
1: That's it. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking because like not I guess not every army, not every player is built for an alpha strike. Like I said, I've just gone back to playing Starco. And having like having the the midfield littered with, with camel markers and having like uh, two two lunacods in the backfield with crazy quads and heavy flamers and having, you know, a few ARO pieces around, I'll gladly, with that army, go second and see what I can pick off of you if you if you're gonna to try to run a tag at me or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go, okay, this like this could go badly for me, but equally you're throwing a hundred point model at me in the hope that you can get into my lines and, you know, it could go, I guess it could go one of two ways.
0: Yeah. You know? And, and, um, uh, Jono, who was recently on an episode of white noise, mm-hmm. who, uh, Do you yeah. still listen to that? I, I sometimes, <laughs> you know, now and then when, when people I know to are get, on, to like, get ideas, yeah. like Jono, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, cause yeah, Jono's, uh, before he moved to germany was one of the uh, melbourne locals he's a lovely guy yeah yeah, yeah. nicest he'll, he'll he's got the he's just got this lovely grin on his face the, and and mm-hmm. like the, the 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 happiest eyes as he is blowing you off the table it's a silent like, assassin yeah. exactly he <laughs> yeah he looks at you and he yeah <laughs> but um so the and what he talks about is is having these lists with speed bumps and and um, and, and and shell games and yeah. mind games and things like that. So going second with that type of a that type of a force, where your opponent's first turn they might be trying to do an alpha strike, but there's so many camo tokens that are mines and so many speed bumps they have to get past that it's so hard for them to actually achieve anything. So if you've got a build like that. Then sure, you can definitely go second, yeah. um, and and still come out on top. So so it's not it's not hands down. First turn is amazing. It is still in my opinion, preferable because you want to start killing things as soon as possible. Yeah. But, um, but other than that, you can still achieve the objective by going second.
1: And, and then I think even on that episode of, of white noise, and I do still listen to you guys. I was just, I was just taking the piss. You what know, are you talking
0: the, about? Mate, you, you narrate half this story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's got me on retainer now. And <laughs> it's like he basically, he's, he typecast me now. is the, it's the if, there, if we've got a Scottish voice, we'll uh,
0: give Kev, we'll, Kev a call. Yeah.
1: Give Kev a call. I'll just, I'll have to refine my accent or, or i'll try and branch out and do some other accents um but yeah he he like for instance him yeah he, uh, he uh i think he even said in the episode he actually likes to go first because he's got salad and two for days which is a great way to go first but at the same time he's got so much target denial in his list be it from camel markers gazes that you know just stuff in hard to reach places he doesn't mind going second because you're going to waste a lot of orders um and you know he's got hollow projectors as well so that's so you know you should really be i guess, I guess as a general rule of thumb, you should always be looking at like, okay, I want to go first, but how am I going to play this if I go second mm, definitely um so like you know for you know, in John's example, you know he has a perfect he has a great list for for both
0: first and second, he may have a preference, but he knows how he's gonna cope with both that's right, and so that's definitely something to take into account when you're building your lists, yeah um and that's something to to take into account always that sure um. You could have a preference for wanting to go first or second, but you have to really think about and be able to attack how you will play the game if you don't get your preferred yeah option.
1: Yeah, and you may already have a plan in mind if you get the preferred option, but you may not have something in mind if you don't. So it's always good to practice the practice uh, even if you win. You know, even if you win the rule off. Just uh, take the take the option you weren't going to go for and see how the game plays out for you in the practice games. In maybe. the practice games, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not obviously not in the tournament, but <laughs> I, you'd be like, I'm just going to put myself in hard mode. Um, yeah, yeah, practice, practice, going, going, uh, going uh, the opposite way of what you think
0: the list is designed for. Yeah, definitely. And see how it how it uh, copes. Awesome. Well, I guess there's not much else we wanted to talk about in terms of the missions. Um, no, not really. Yeah. You, there has been the so the original cap for the event was forty players. Uh-huh. It's been extended to fifty. Yeah. Um, by the time we publish this, there could that could also be sold out. It could we, be, and we won't yeah. be. It won't be extended further. That's no, weird. you know we have a hard
1: cap of fifty. Um, we, yeah, we did a bit of measurement the other night, and we reckon we could get fifty comfortably. Um, yeah. Like we could get fifty, and it would be a bit of a squeeze, actually. So, but we could we could do it. Um, we will do it. We well, we will, we will, we will definitely do it, and it'll be great. Um, so, but yeah, by the time you hear this, we may be sold out. I know there's a few people that are sitting kind of humming and humming about it, uh, waiting for like leave of work or something. Something. So with only ten spots remaining, that's get not on very it. many, get seeing on as. It. What we're at forty, and we've are still like what six, eight weeks out from the event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we've got not that much time, um, but we've just yeah. So we've discussed the five missions now. I had a I an had, had something in mind for um, as a as a closing statement, I guess of, of sorts. Uh, oh, that's what it was. We were talking about um, lists, and if you're gonna, you know, what two lists you're gonna bring. So the general mix of this. So from you, I mean, I obviously built the five oh, missions, right. but from your point of view, you look at these five missions. Do you kind of see yourself grouping them into yeah, two different definitely. lists? Yeah, ha- definitely.
0: And I have done that. No, that's a great thing to talk about. Um, let me actually bring up the two lists. I'm not. I am. I'm, I'm competing competing in the event, so I'm not going to run through what my <laughs> lists look like just yet. I'm sure yep. we can do a, a, a catch up, and I'll go through them in in more detail. But uh, I have put quadrant control and annihilation okay. together. Yeah. Um, and I've put transition matrix, acquisition, and unmasking together. Um, Why? The, the, the reason that I did that, I mean, um, at NovaCore, for example, um, there was two missions that had exclusion zones. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy to kind of group those together. Because okay. exclusion zones, that sort of helps you how you build a list, because you don't, you, one list. If you've got a list that's got loads of infiltration and drop troops in it, mm-hmm. that's going to be at a bit of a disadvantage on exclusion zones. So that wasn't in play as much in this one, but there's definitely one that's got an exclusion zone. What I uh, what I looked at was um, missions where you need an aggressive data tracker. So uh, that's... Um, Unmasking needs an aggressive data tracker. Transition Matrix, because you want to kill the. Um, designated Because designate, they both, they technical both have technically designated they targets. They both have designated yeah. targets. Yep. Um, acquisition doesn't need an aggressive data tracker, but you want to have your data tracker on the oh, midpoint yeah. at the end of the game. So so it, needs so to be alive, it needs to be alive, and it needs alive. to be in the middle of the yeah, board. So, so, yeah, so I've, yeah. I've built a list uh, with sort of grouping those three together that has that. And uh, because, uh, like I've mentioned previously, I have been playing a lot around with camo lately and your data tracker can't be in a marker state yeah. so that means means i've had to go back and look through other things that i could uh that i could have as as that piece and there is in Yujing there's quite a few that you can pick from oh excuse me um mm. and then quadrant control and annihilation because they're really not very complex i just put together a list on those of things that I want to be playing and things that I that I, I think are going to do well yeah. um, for, for those missions. So while the, the I guess, Quadrant Control and, an, and Annihilation, I consider Quadrant Control a very kill-heavy li- uh, mm. mission as well mm-hmm. because the less things your opponent's got on the table, yeah. the less th- less points they've got in Quadrants. And you
1: don't need Specialists except for the one classified in Quadrant Control. Exactly. So you need Specialists on day one um, for... Transmission matrix. Well, you need hackers, I guess. You don't actually need to push any buttons, but hackers acquisition to push buttons, and then unmasking to push buttons. And then day two, you don't need them at all. And then as you're saying, day one, you need three, I guess, aggressive data trackers. But on day two, you need two fairly defensive um, hide 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 the data tracker. Exactly. And all, actually, I didn't. Well, I did realize this before, but I forgot. All five of the missions have data trackers.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you... they've you, all got data trackers, yeah. but there is a clear distinction as to what the data trackers want. Mm, is.
1: Yeah. 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 They all seem and they've uh, yeah actually have inadvertently grouped them that way. So that's probably the most sensible sort of split. Yeah. That so you've, so just
0: look, looking at my day one list, I have got one, two, three, four, five specialists, mm-hmm. uh, and. Two, maybe three of them are hackers, uh, because there's a hacking bon- Two of the missions have got bonuses for hackers. For hackers, yeah. Uh, so that's something that you want to be able to to push buttons with, because you're getting the that extra that, another plus three and two dice. So it's very difficult to fail those rolls. Yeah. Um. With with those hackers.
1: And and on, as we we're just saying as well, unmasking does require you to really push three buttons. So it's nice to have. Potentially, yeah. it's nice to have well because
0: no if you want to get 10 points you want
1: to get 10 points you've got to push all three i mean i guess in acquisition you've got to push both of them as well but especially in a a masking is if you reveal the wrong one you may have to push all three before you get the right one and if you have only three specialists or less than three specialists you know you you could run into trouble being able to push all three so Mm. like let's say if you've got five then you've got the ability to you've got some redundancy there if you lose you know if you run one up Push the button, he dies. Sweet, I've got I've got another one. I can go up the other one and find that bloody uh, that bloody designated target. That's right. Um, whereas, like acquisition, I don't put as much emphasis on pushing those buttons. I put more emphasis on having something next to it at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and then transmission matrix. Well, you don't need to push any buttons in that. Oh, actually, no. There's no buttons to push in that one. Just um, just areas to control. just areas to control, which yeah. can be controlled by anybody.
0: Yeah, and and I see grouping transition matrix in with these other two. So acquisition and unmasking, you want hackers for those extra bonuses. You do, yeah. Transition matrix, you can kind of go either way with hackers, mm-hmm. but if you're already leaning heavily into hacking for those other two Yeah, that's a good insight, Then yeah. just lean heavily into hacking on transmission matrix as well yeah, anyway, and yeah. really dominate that hacking game with all the repeaters everywhere.
1: Yeah, so that's actually really good even for factions that maybe don't, or factions or players who don't maybe lean into hacking because you'll see the hacking bonus for acquisition and unmasking. You know, you may be looking at transmission matrix going, oh, I'll just, oh, damn it, I'll I'll create one list for transmission matrix that has lots of hackers, but then I won't use it for the rest of the day. Well, you will, because acquisition and unmasking both have bonuses for hackers, so you're still gonna get your use out of them. So if if you are playing Ariadna or Toha, you'd be like, oh, fuck, I don't wanna take a bloody war driver, but you're gonna get use out of it in the other two missions that's right yeah. you know or or again you know i guess you could just go nil hackers which is fine but at least they've got a use in the other missions
0: yeah definitely so that's that's i guess the way that i've grouped them together mm. um okay. i think that's
1: i think that I, I, that seems to work actually i haven't had much uh sort of uh, look at it like you have so i think that's uh that seems to definitely click with me looking at it and it's also conveniently day one and day two
0: yeah, it's funny actually. In my lists, the, the three, the the one that I'm using for the three missions on day one, I've uh, titled BCB list two, <laughs> and the one for day two, I've titled BCB list one. Um,
1: so don't be too hungover uh, <laughs> on the it Saturday says, or it Sunday. It says two. Surely like, this is my day two list. This is the one I need, and you're like deploying it. You're like, oh no, I made I'm a like, horrible mistake. <laughs> so,
0: well, I mean if I did have to use this list for the other ones, it could still achieve them because it's still got plenty of things in there that can kill stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just not ideal, I suppose. But um, but yeah. Um, cool. Well, I mean, I, if, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to wrap it up there, Kev, if you didn't have any other thing else you wanted to cover off.
1: Um, you know what? There usually is, and I'll forget it, and I'll, I'll remember it later. So uh, we've always got uh, a few weeks we can... <laughs> talk about it more. I guess we'll just, uh, well, we've already been talking about BCB, but we'll just talk about Burn City for All uh, again, because it's now two weeks, even though it's only tomorrow. It's two weeks from now. Um, if there are any tickets left, sign up. Um, we don't know how many tickets we have left at the moment, but there may be some. So uh, please uh, join. And again, this goes out to all interstaters. So we don't have, we don't currently, as of the time of the recording, we don't have anyone from uh, Queensland. Uh, actually, that's the only state we don't have. Oh, uh, ACT. We don't have anyone from a- ACT or Queensland. We currently have one from at least one from every other state, including Tassie. Wow. So, um,
0: Rob. Tasmanians the, are coming out. The uh, yeah. South Australians. South Australians are Western coming out. Australians. We've got two.
1: We've got two from SA. We've got two from New South Wales. We've got two from, uh AWA. One from Tassie. So, yeah, we've got a few coming from interstate. So it'd be nice to see. Somebody from every state represented, unfortunately, except the NT. Um,
0: it's not a state, though. It's a territory. It's a territory. So well, so, well, so is the ACT, in, which, so, case, in so, which case, Rob, you don't count either. They don't
1: count either. I'm um, a- no, sorry. Is Ro- Rob, are you from ACT? I sorry, so. I, I could be getting this completely wrong. And if so, I apologize. Um, you're all the same. Uh, but, yeah, no, it would be great to have one, at least one from every state uh, there. Because um, it's going to be a, it's, it's a great event. It's a great venue. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, we've been talking a lot about all the little extra fun bits we're gonna throw in for everybody and there's still uh, a couple beds left at the accommodation that we booked Uh, that's like really near the venue there's a cafe just literally below where the flats are and a really good kebab shop across the road so that's um, great
0: and i think that's an absolutely amazing initiative as well mm. um in in booking that accommodation so that all these people that are coming from interstate uh means that that's a weight off their shoulders makes that decision that much easier if, if they actually want to come yeah
1: yeah so, no that's what we wanted to do because we we wanted to make it as accessible for people as possible like people coming from interstate people coming from the west of the city because we realize we are all the way out east. Um, and we want to encourage people we don't want to like you say. we don't want to put people off by going oh now I have to you know travel and stuff we're like no just stay here man it's going to be cheaper than you driving and it'll be great crack
0: all sorted alright great well um, thanks for coming over Kev for another chat anytime mate anytime and um, I guess we'll wrap it up there so uh, you've been uh, I've been Nick (laughs)
1: <laughs> you've been Nick, oh, yeah, I've been I, Kevin.
0: I, yeah, I'm still I'm still Nick. <laughs> and, and you're still Kev. And we're still. And we yeah, you've been listening to the loss of Blue Sound. <laughs> Good night.